one thing that has worked for me and I definitely recommend it and I've told a bunch of my friends is that to me, I, I, I try to find a corner in my uh, place that is, that is my office. I, when I open the laptop, that's the beginning of my business day. I'm in my business mind. And once I close my laptop, whether that's 5 p.m. or that's 10 p.m., that's the end of it. That is the signal of the end of a business day. And I try to completely detach myself from anything business. I try to not look at my phone for anything, for slacks, for emails. That is the close of a laptop is that trigger for me. Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day, they built for hours and hours but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast came to help them find a way. Because of this, makers became founders and earned the money they deserve. Because of this, founders can have growth, freedom, and wealth. Wealth of time wealth of impact, wealth of family and relationships, as well as financial wealth. True wealth is what I'm really all about. And this journey has been full of ups and downs for me. Hello, my name is Abdulaziz, and from being a poor boy born to a single mother in North Africa with no money, no connections, only hard work, persistence, and even more hard work, to a European Ivy League business graduate and an expert on seven different psychological therapies with a great corporate job. Still, I've lost everything twice, but I refuse to give up. So now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day. On this podcast, I'm privileged to interview hundreds of amazing people from members of the Forbes Technology Council, Google executives, Amazon, Microsoft, LinkedIn executives to Financial Times reporters and people from Harvard University, Cambridge, Stanford, even the Vatican Church, congressional candidates and decorated veterans, or just beginners wishing to make a difference in this world, all are welcome here. And thank you all so much for the support. After all this hard work of publishing a new interview every day, this podcast is now ranking highly on Apple in the entrepreneurship category. Top 200 in San Francisco, top 100 in Australia, top 100 in Singapore, top 60 in Germany, top 50 in Canada, top 50 in the United Kingdom, and top in many other places. So please share this podcast with one new person today, because when they listen to this podcast, they'll be in very good hands. And if you are interested in my marketing mentoring services or my mentoring services on how to use podcasting as a powerful tool to research and find your perfect product market fit, send me an email to mentor at storybonding.com or on Twitter at NoCodeWealth. Let's begin. My guest today is Saman Gerami from the University of Maryland College Park, where he did a Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering and was on the Dean's List. Salman began as a business technology manager at Accenture, then joined Capital One, 
as a product manager. He is now the founder at Growth Ranker, helping startups get discovered based on verified data. Salman, how are you today? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Fantastic. And to ask you about Growth Ranker, how did you notice the need in the market for it? How did the idea come to be? Sure. So um, Growth Anchor was actually a project that uh, one of my very close friends, um, Shar, um, started about two years ago. Um, how it started was that um, they were just curious about all the data, all the verified Stripe revenue data that was coming out of indie hackers. Um, there was no way to really rank them. There was no way to figure out really who is performing better out of all the startups that are sharing their data, um, who's doing good, who's sharing their data, who's helping the community. So they kind of put this rank together to figure out that like order and kind of figure out who's doing well, who's doing a little worse. Um, and that project was kind of put on hold for a little bit. Uh, but after two years, which was about like last year, we kind of picked that back up. We got a lot of good feedback uh, from the community that this is helping them just look at the ranks and see the growth amongst all the all the founders and the ones that are on indie hackers. So the way that this whole thing started was just the uh, interest and the love that we had for building public uh, and the fact that we see this whole new wave and initiative of building public. We see a lot of founders and makers like you just talked about that are just coming out of nowhere and they are interested in giving back to the community if they're getting bigger if they're growing in their numbers if they're growing in their company they would like to share back with the community and give tips on how to get there so from our perspective we loved that idea and we thought that uh, indie hackers is doing a great job uh, putting them out there we just want it to be um something similar, but a little bit different. We wanted to get those numbers. We wanted to put it out. We wanted to create this list and this ranking that people can uh, kind of talk about and then uh, share their data on Twitter, on different platforms with their Twitter uh, friends and founders and kind of get that, you know, that healthy competition going on. Um, obviously from the business aspects of it, um, a lot of investors, VCs and prospectors and salespeople came to us and they were actually interested in uh, this data. All of, all of it is verified by Stripe. So they were interested to see all of these companies that were ranking per our like logic. Um, so that's how this idea came about. And we do have more uh, features that are going into it and more ideas that are going into it that I can definitely go through more. Thank you very much. So if I understood you correctly, a while ago is it four years or three years because you went in time and then two forward and it was yeah so it was four years ago correct it was it okay. was about three years ago that, sorry it was about three years 20, ago 2019 okay because you said after that two years afterwards 2019 which is already two years ago so that's why i thought it's four so oh no yeah yeah so about three so, years ago, it started, and um, about last year, we kind of picked it up to come up with a new version. Perfect. So if I understood you correctly, there is a lot there. One of the things is the build-in public culture and people who are building in public, sharing the knowledge that they get and the information with the community, with tips, inspiration, support, 
etc., for other makers so that they can follow uh, their path and be inspired by them and know what to do. And then you are inspired by Indie Hacker and how they present the revenue data and all different kinds of information about uh, companies. And you thought, well, we will be this, that there is an incentive for people to even lie or inflate about their numbers. I guess that's why you have the Stripe verified data. So mm -hmm. it's uh, about people. Let me think who I'll begin with, the founders or the followers. Okay, the founders. The founders, they want to give back to the community. But for them to have that uh, credibility, believability, and authority, if they can show their verified Stripe revenue, then they will be known as the person who knows what they're talking about because they can back it up with information. And therefore, when they have that data and they share tips or share what they're doing, other people will listen. But you are also um, getting the attention of VCs and other investors who will love and like to look at that data in order to know how the companies are performing and which companies will be worth investing into, which is getting access to their actual Stripe um, revenue data rather than just uh, the what the companies would tell them that may or may not be verified. Is this some in a way? Because we spoke about three things. So there are three different mm -hmm. marketing messages going on. The followers on Twitter have different benefit. The founders have a different benefit. And the VCs or investors have a totally different benefit. And since you spoke about all three, I'm trying to summarize all three. But for yeah. now, who is your target market? Who is the person you're trying to get more of? Awesome. Yeah. First of all, you, you summarize it perfectly. So for now, our focus is on founders and in the building uh, public community. Um, we believe getting more data and uh, putting ourselves out there um, with the founders, putting Twitter uh, cards out there and sharing their data using our uh, platform. Uh, we just want to get more founders. And I invite the founders that are in building public there. They, they understand this concept and uh, they like to get feedback from the community to join us in this initiative and uh, help grow uh, the data, help give back to the community. So if I want to answer you very directly right now, our focus is on founders and our focus is on creating more data um, and getting uh, the founder's data so we can have a very solid understanding of what's happening in building public and in all these startups, all these makers that are uh, doing a great job to put their products out. Thank you. And thank you for encouraging them to support and participate and give back to the community. And let's dive even deeper about potential personal benefits they might get from this. So personally, if you think about it, among the founders who are building in public, who seems to be the most excited about joining Growth Ranker or the ones who seem to have the most benefits or to share that they're benefiting the most? Um, so it's like a very wide range of founders. If I want to go by numbers, um, there's a lot of founders that are just at zero or they're just starting and um, they do follow kind of 
bigger founders. If I want to put it into numbers, say the founders that are, uh, their companies are making 20 to 30,000 uh, MRR. Um, these guys are some sort of an inspiration to the other founders and smaller companies and startups that are, that are not yet there. And they love that idea. We do have a lot of uh, good folks on Twitter eh, around the 20, 30, 40K MRR that share their numbers monthly, even uh, shorter than monthly. They do it very frequently. And that kind of encourages the, um, the kind of the younger startups to put their numbers out and try to show off in a, in a healthy way. Try to say, oh, this person has done it. They've shared their numbers. They're growing. Let me follow the same path. Let me understand growth. That's, that's, that's a whole purpose of our, um, our company, our startup is growth ranker. Let me try to figure out how this, um, 20, 30 K MR company is coming about, how they're sharing their data and how are they growing? Let me do the same. Let me put my numbers out. Let me get feedback from those big guys and try to get to the same point. Thank you. And that seems to me to be almost counter to human nature, where actually, mm -hmm. if people have an advantage, it's in their interest to protect that advantage. So to go even deeper, because you're mentioning the smaller guys, they will look up to the bigger guys. Well, that's of course they will do that. So now let's speak about the bigger guys, other than mm -hmm. altruism, because many people will tell them, well, if you got to be that bigger guy, you probably will think like Gary Vee, even himself, he says, I don't do charity with my business. I do it with my checkbook. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? They'll say, yeah. I don't want to do charity with my data and uh, risk getting competitors and people just copying my uh, competitive advantage, which is really in business, if anything, the your competitive advantage is your survival ability. Mm -hmm. So for bigger guys, or let's mm -hmm. think about it in a different way. Who are a few bigger guys that maybe have been wanting to participate in this? Or is there a way to link this to get in better venture capitalist uh, investment or something that they will think, okay, maybe I will give my data. And yes, I love the altruistic part. But um, in return, I will get access to better VC mm -hmm. money or something like that. Can you comment on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very directly to comment on this one, we have thought about that aspects of like copycatting. Um, and one of the ways that we're trying to solve this, I, I'll give you two different answers. One is that we're thinking about uh, in the future, this is not going to be part of our MVP, but in the future, we will have a private data sharing access. So our whole idea right now is build in public, you come in and publicly you share your data. Uh, we would love that. But potentially in the future, if we feel a need that some, uh, you know, stealth uh, startups, they don't want to share their ideas, they don't want to put their numbers out, but they do want to get the benefits of that community and that investors on the other side. Um, we want to introduce private data sharing, which you essentially create the same profile that you do when you're sharing your data publicly, but you just give access to certain people to uh, see your data. So that's one way of answering question. And then kind of going back to that copycatting, yes, uh, a lot of people have told us that. A lot of people seem to come back and say that, to be honest with you, um, we're in an ever-changing technology world. If you told me 10 years ago that people are copycatting I, and they're becoming successful, I would agree with you. 
and it happens, they do that, but it happens all the time. Even if you share your data or not, there are copycatters out there and they will copycat you if they get the slightest clue that you're actually successful. So the only way to go beyond that, and I feel like all of these big guys that are sharing their stuff publicly have done it perfectly, is that they continue to grow. They continue to enhance. And it's not about that idea that gets copycatted. It's about how you execute it. So at this point, there is literally all of the data, like all of the ideas out there. And there is... Um, very little brand new idea. Everything that you see right now, is just a copy of a different idea performed differently, executed differently. And that execution is what sets you apart from the idea. So yes, there are copycatters out there. They copy your idea, but how are they going to be executing that idea? That's what differentiates those big guys from the rest of them that think sharing the idea, sharing the uh, numbers will be something that's going to be devastating to them later. Thank you, and that's a beautiful argument, but it doesn't apply to build in public because they're sharing the execution <laughs> itself, which is even worse. So let's go in a different way. The bigger mm -hmm. guys, leave them out. Let's focus on the build in public founders and makers who are making it because that's uh, the time where they think, well, I gain more by learning and getting tips from the crowd uh, sourcing information and advice rather than keeping it all to myself, limiting myself to my blind spots. So to think about it in that way, what, why should they even use gr growth ranker? Why can't they just take a screenshot and get some attorney friend or whatever to mm -hmm. stamp it saying, well, this is so great. I mean, what is your own competitive advantage in this whole situation? Sure. I mean, that makes sense. They could totally do that. They could take a screenshot, which a lot of people are. They're taking screenshots of even their Stripe dashboards and they're sharing it. And that's totally f fair. And that could happen. Our competitive advantage comes from the investor side. At this point, we are trying to um, obviously get more founders, more data and kind of grow that community. But on the side, we're also building an audience for our investors and VCs, and we're going to give them extra access to this data with the permission of the founders uh, themselves. So it's not only that you can take Growth Anchor, a screenshot, or just share your profile from Growth Anchor on Twitter. It's more so that you are verified with Stripe on Growth Anchor, and Growth Anchor has an audience that is sitting out there and watching you. We, in addition to kind of that, we um, analyze the data a little bit more. We don't just share it. We have different uh, preset filters and different um, kind of like magic logics that goes into these, um, uh, the data that we get very specific, specifically from the revenue. And we rank um, these startups. It wouldn't just necessarily be ranked by whoever gets the highest MRR. There'll be the rank of the growth and the rank of what we think you are hot, how we think you are hot and new and kind of give you that badge of, yes, we think you're the hottest and you're the newest uh, company. We have a logic that's going on and that logic is going to keep on building and learning on, on this growth. We're going to look at these companies. We're going to look at their data and we're going to use that logic and apply it on new companies 
and say, yes, you're following the path of all of these big uh, startups that were one day not making anything. So we kind of uh, show you the growth. We kind of predict the growth. And that's where our competitive advantage come into place, where sure, showing your number is one thing. The other thing is, how are we analyzing the data? How are we analyzing data? How are we showing it? And who's on the other side of this um, data? Who's, who's looking at this data on the other side? Thank you. That's great information. And actually, it's like the chicken and egg dilemma between mm -hmm. the founders and the VCs, where yeah. I would, you know, let's focus on the VCs even more. And this is what I heard, which is absolutely beautiful. So what growth ranker allows, and this is much better than going for the angle of build in public and share the info, etc. is this, when you join this, well, Yes, you will share your data, but you will get access to the path and the recommendation of what to do next at each step. That is the aggregate of what are the best practices, the growth ranker best practices coming from analyzing so much information about revenue and growth of so many different companies that are in similar stages to you and beyond and telling you the right way to do because the world is so chaotic. There is so much that information out there, confusing things, blogs that say one thing and tweets that say the opposite. And then you look at other places, advisors who contradict each other and experts who don't seem to agree on anything. Well, you use the correct data from people who are similar to them in order to extract the meta pattern for high growth and you give that to them. And, it, and all they do is they contribute to this by sharing their information so that that data they will receive will be even better. The best practices will be even more accurate, ensuring their success in a time where 90% or 95% or 99% mm -hmm. of businesses similar to them end up going bankrupt and even better. This will allow them mm -hmm. to get noticed by venture capitalists, so they don't need to be going around chasing, going, doing demo to hundreds and hundreds of them to get rejected mm -hmm. or 99 to get the 100s. They focus on doing the right things that will be recommended by Growth Ranker through this uh, formula that is extracted from real data. And their mm -hmm. real growth will come on the dashboards of the best VCs, and they will come knocking to them, giving them the offers that will give them both the ability to grow even faster for the founders to get even more freedom and for them to get the peace of mind that even a little guy who is doing the right things will be put on that trajectory that of expectation to become the next big thing and therefore earlier they won't have to suffer as much going through the the dark night of the soul experience but they'll get noticed <laughs> yeah. easier get the funds faster, follow the right steps sooner, and get to success, stability, and growth in a more certain way. Is this a correct understanding of what yeah. you're saying and a you, correct yeah. formulation of your marketing? Oh, yeah, you got it perfectly. I'll, I'll give a very like high-level example. Uh, we've done some preliminary research on the growth of some companies, um, uh, the ones that are doing well. Um, it's very, very obvious, for example, and then this is like just tip of the iceberg. It's very obvious if you go and take their product on lunches and drop it on their revenue graph, you can see that jump. 
if you go and take the pricing page differences, like imagine if someone goes to a pricing uh, adjustment for their product and we know about that data and we look at that uh, date very specifically on their graph, on the revenue graph, we do see the change. All of these, and these are just two examples that I'm bringing up to you. There are so many different marketing um, uh, marketing like features and marketing initiatives that these companies take. Like you said, there's just so many of them. And some become successful, some don't. A lot of them don't. And if you just have data to all of this and add them all together on your graph and analyze them, we can very perfectly tell you exactly what would be the right pattern for a company like you within the same industry as another company that was that was like tiny, but they went big, what's going to work for you? So that formula of growth becomes much, much easier as they share their data with us and we kind of run it through this like data analysis platform. Perfect. And now let's speak about the VCs. According mm-hmm. to you, what benefits, I can guess some, but you're there in the thick of it, in mm-hmm. your experience, investors and VCs, what benefits would they get that they cannot get anywhere else when they will have that growth ranking, you know, running and uh, up to whatever your vision would be for it, even not the beta now, but the future mm-hmm. expectation and vision? Sure. So uh, very simply putting it, it's one with prospecting. So um the life of an investor and VCs, most of the time, as, as far as I know, I'm not the uh, investor in like big technology and whatnot, but I've talked to a lot of them. I, I, I do my research. A lot of time is spent on prospecting. A lot of people are very specifically assigned to do prospecting for the VC firms. Um, what do they do? They go and browse the internet. They look at indie hackers. They look at Crunchbase. They look at LinkedIn and all of these different websites to find new companies that are hot and they try to get on a call with them and learn about them, learn about their numbers and just keep tabs with them manually along the line until they become some sort of a hot investment for them that they can put their money into. That all goes away when Growth Anchor comes. If we have enough data from everywhere else that all these prospectors were looking for before in one single space, and we are growing with more startups and more founders connecting their data to us, they don't, a lot of prospecting and a lot of hours that is wasted on prospecting goes away. And they could just come to Growth Anchor and they could just look and browse through the different uh, companies. They can browse based on industry, based on city, based on their MRRs and whatnot. They could even get potentially notified later on that one company that they're following is going above 20K MRR or it's increasing at a 10% per month rate. So that's where the advantage from the investor side comes. Thank you. And is there this, which is actually typical in businesses when it comes to follow-up, but I don't know how it is when it comes to VCs, is Mm. actually there are companies that fall through the cracks when it comes to follow-up, that maybe something looks like it will be hotter than the other, and the one which is not yet showing those signs gets uh, you know relegated and forgotten and suddenly they they don't catch it on time and they lose those unicorns that because they didn't have the pattern or the formula or the mapping to map how it's behaving that growth mm-hmm. ranker will get them they might miss those opportunities and then they'll be like regretting that this mm-hmm. this 
Is this something that could or does happen when it comes to VCs? Or do they have an airtight system usually that allows them to catch everything, but it's more about saving time, headaches, and not needing to go all over the internet to find uh, such ideas? Yeah, so good question. Um, from what I have heard and what I researched on, it, it's it's a slightly different between VCs and investors, like you said. Uh, an angel investor, a, a an individual investor, is invested in their money. So when they're uh, trying to like prospect a company, they try to go after them. They keep on to keep tabs on them, and they continue looking after them. A a VC firm becomes a different scale. Um, it's, it is sometimes very common that a lot of good uh, startups and hot startups get dropped because they just don't keep tabs on them and they just move on from them. And then eventually they become really big and it's a little bit too late. And they do hire a lot of people that do that for them. So there is a difference in between the VCs and investor uh, type companies. Um, how we want to kind of bridge that gap is... Uh, like thinking about it this way, that those investors or VCs, they could be just prospectors within those VC firms. Um, they could come in and they could follow some of these uh, companies that they're interested in. They don't have to necessarily contact the company immediately. They can just follow their data and they can set notifications on what do they care? Like if they see a startup that is like at 10K, but they're like, I just want this company to get to 20K before I start talking to them. They could essentially create that notification and eventually have like a dashboard of all of these different companies that they're following with all of their information. So they can come back every time they want. They can look at this like portfolio of the companies that they're following and they can just keep tabs with them very automatically rather than it being manually and reaching back to them and just getting like pitch decks every month or every quarter. So that also helps them in that way. Thank you. So what about making it the message for the VCs, investors, etc., to be like a unicorn delivered to your doorsteps or something like that, <laughs> where investors, what they want is really to find that unicorn. Because what happens is that 95% of their investments do okay, but that unicorn just pays them 100 times more. So it makes everything worth it. And in many ways, they're competing with others. So you can be their secret weapon to deliver mm -hmm. the unicorn right into their doorsteps because the investors, they want to find that hot business. And often to the human eye, the untrained human eye, or even them using their own models, it's limited by the data they have. While yeah. you as growth ranker have a lot more data to pull from to find the real pattern that from the very beginning will predict for them the companies that are going on their way to potential unicorns. And instead of them wasting man hour and so much contacting those companies, getting um, things, you know, exchanged back and forth. And often many of those companies have no hope. <laughs> there are no <laughs> hopers, yeah. etc. What they do is they open their dashboard. They find potential unicorns easily using growth ranker. They'll keep them in their bookmarks and then they decide when to get notified that will be the right time to contact those businesses that will make sense for each one of them and when they get that information they will know two things one it's the right time and therefore they're not beginning too early 
wasting time with that. And, and that will save them a lot of man hours of experts that cost a lot. <laughs> and that if it doesn't lead to a deal, it's a real mm -hmm. big waste as well mm -hmm. as according to the predictive patterns by growth ranker, those companies are very likely to become hot very soon. And therefore there is an extra layer of assurance that overcomes their own company biases and their own individual biases, because this comes from real data rather than expert opinions. Even if it is expert, it's still opinion. So it's not yeah. really as, verifiable as well as you are helping those companies get hotter which means they're not uh -huh. just the companies who will just do well today and then next year they will fizzle out and go away but mm -hmm. even by investing in growth ranker not only will they keep tabs on those hot companies not only will they find more rather than uh, needing to go search manually for them those companies will be supported and advised automatically through growth ranker. So they'll be in good hands and much more likely to follow the pattern until the end and become hot. And I believe this message will be really resonant with investors. Yeah. What is your I mean, I mean, you got it perfectly. Our literally our uh, test environment where we're coming up with our new version, hopefully by next month, the top banner, like the first thing that you see when you go on growthhacker.com says discover the next unicorn. And that's what you explained earlier. So exactly. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make this, um, say, at a very like high level and futuristic uh, thinking of this. Um, today, a lot of people, a lot of even individual investors in stock market, open up Robinhood, open up Coinbase, open up all of these different tools, investing tools, and they look at their portfolio every day. They look for new hot stocks that they analyze themselves or Robinhood analyzes for them. And they invest in it. And we want to make very similar idea and platform for the investors and VCs. We want them to log in. We want them to come to our database and look at our rankings and look at the stuff that they're following and then pick it up whenever they want. That's kind of the mentality from the investor side. And obviously, like you said, there's this whole other side of it, which is the founders and the startups. They're, the, they're, they're kind of the gas that runs this engine. Um, they come in, they share their data, and in return with more data, we give all of it back to them by introducing all of these new logic and all of this new benefits and patterns and potential uh, marketing um, ideas that they could run to grow. So we help on one side, all of these startups to grow as much as we can by using the data and comparing them to their competitors and comparing them to their uh, ideal companies. And on the other end, it's the investors sitting and looking at these guys and just finding prospecting, finding um, new, even new, just as like a sales perspective, even finding some startups that they want to use in their businesses. You know, sometimes there are just, uh, there's just a simple discovering new uh, features and products online for them. That could also be a way for them to um, use this product. But yeah, so it, kind of goes like a like an engine that one way of it it's this gas of more founders and more data coming in which helps them grow and on the other end is the investors looking at this and kind of going back to the founders and potentially invest thank you it's actually really great i encourage you to continue and to get those messages in the right hands of the people whether the founders with the right message or with the investors because anything other than that just 
distracts people from the right message and clarity and getting that message across quickly is how you grab their attention, show your difference and show them that really this is something new and unique, not just some company that wants to get some data and they're not really sure what you'll do with it. Yeah, and I yeah, think yeah. you have something great in your hand. And before we even um, just share now, what is your vision for the next steps of Growth Ranker? If people want to participate, whether founders or investors, where should they go to learn more or how to contact you? That will be the best channel, etc. Absolutely. So um, we are currently, we just started from like last week, um, getting uh, the word out there for anyone who's interested to uh, submit their company to us. So allow us to um, run their data and kind of for them mainly to share back with the building public uh, community. Um, we just started kind of uh, inquiring for better users. So um, if you're interested to connect with Growth Anchor, we are at like an <laughs> quote unquote invite only phase right now. And we're going to be like that for another, say, three to four weeks. Um, uh, and if you can DM the Growth Anchor Twitter account, it's just at Growth Anchor. And we'll pick it up from there. Um, one of our founders will be uh, coming to you guys and sharing a specific invitation link with you within the next week or two. And that's how you kind of submit your company. I think within a month or two after that, we're going to start making that a little bit more public. Where if you come to growthanchor.com, you're going to see a button that says submit your company. You kind of go through the flow and you submit your company and you're part of Growth Anchor. Um, I think this is the best way to do it. Uh, myself, if you need any advice, if you need anything, or if you are still unclear about what Growth Anchor does, um, my Twitter handle is at Salmon with a dash after that. So um, I'm, I'm happy to also help in that way. Thank you very much. And I don't even want to end before doing something because you had a really great path so far. What kind of advice for founders or anyone who wishes to have life that will be the life that leads them to success or to happiness or to balance or imbalance. I don't know which part mm -hmm. you prefer or you're into. What will be a good life lesson or advice that touches your heart, that is meaningful for you, that you can share with the listener? Sure. Um, and this probably goes, yeah, beyond growth anchor, beyond uh, anything. Uh, for me, one thing that has helped me along the way and um, definitely during pandemic is that um, there is always, especially during pandemic, there is this uh, hard line of what is work and what is life because you're at home and you're working from home and your laptop's open and kind of your work is blended with your life very specifically because you're working from your home and, and many, um, many people like myself, it's a tiny home. Um, so it's your office is your workspace and your laptops open all the time. One thing that has worked for me and I definitely recommend it. And I've told a bunch of my friends is that, um, to me, I, I, tr I try to find a corner in my, uh, place that is, that is my office. I, when I open the laptop, that's the beginning of my business day. I'm in my business mind. And once I close my laptop, whether that's 5 PM or that's 10 PM, that's the end of it. That is the signal of the end of a business day. 
and I try to completely detach myself from anything business. I try to not look at my phone for anything, for slacks, for emails. That is the close of a laptop is that trigger for me. That comes from, uh, I don't know if, if any one of your listeners have read the, um, uh, I believe it's called the, uh, the something to do with the habit. The, um, I'll get back to you on that one. But uh, there is this micro habiting that is you basically just set a trigger for yourself and you say, when I close this laptop, that's the end of the business day for me. And that's that has helped me. I close it and that's the end of it for me. I go on a walk, I cook dinner and um, that has helped me to divide between work and life. Thank you very much. That's absolutely beautiful and a great metaphor and a great signal, you know, like um, in creating habits, whether atomic habits or whatever, the habit for work would be to open the laptop or to um, unflip it or unflop it or whatever, yeah. and then mm -hmm. to close the to, to the screen, to put the screen down is a signal to begin the non-work part of your day. I love it very much. Well, it was an honor, a pleasure, and I thank you very much for every minute. I encourage you as well to keep on going with Growth Ranker. And like you said, I'll make sure to write your Twitter handle in the description. For me, it's at No Code Wealth. And for you, I will write yours in the description. And I wish you a brilliant day. Thank you. Thank you, Aziz. This was absolutely great. Um, I love this podcast and I'll definitely listen to it more um, and have a great day. Mm -hmm.